Okay, welcome to another edition of a Personal Trainer's Guide to Wealth Creation. It's all based around the book, our best-selling number one book, uh, Personal Trainer's Guide to Wealth Creation. And what we really wanted to do is get inside the minds, the heads, the psyche of uh, the people that are in the book um, to really get, a, I guess, a more elaborate um, view of these these trainers that have really made it successfully in the in the industry and uh today we're fortunate enough to have brett campbell uh join us and before i uh you know i formally introduce brett uh a bit of background is that um you know i first met brett uh four maybe even going on five years ago uh brett attended one of our two-day uh two-day workshops and the thing that really stood out for me with brett is like um in the front row, engaging, asking questions, you know, participating at a high level. And funny enough, after presenting, uh, coaching and mentoring people for the past 14 odd years, uh, you know, it doesn't take me long to identify someone who's really going to be successful in not only the uh, personal training industry, but but every area of their life. So uh, here I am, at, at, you know, engaging with this, this guy in the front row, uh, even though we had about 50, 60 people in there, Brett was definitely a standout and I'm not surprised at all to be talking to Brett today on a whole another level. So from four or five years ago, um, you know, from Brett attending our two-day workshop to becoming a student, becoming a coach, uh, mentor and speaker with us to, to then go on and, and really create his own empire, it doesn't surprise me uh, in one, one slight bit. So uh, to introduce Brett formally, uh, Brett is the director of uh, Fit International, which is Australia's fastest-growing um, fitness license business model for personal trainers. Brett will expand more on exactly what that is when we chat. Uh, Fit International flagship program is called Fit Chicks. Uh, in just under 14 months, Brett has built one of the largest female-only communities with over 140,000 um, uh, Facebook fans, I believe, and Brett can correct me if that's wrong, um, but even more importantly, uh, has been able to reach over 200,000 people via their free giveaways, education and, and products, etc. So it's really been a massive and rapid growth for, uh, for Brett and Fitchick. Uh, international. Uh, Brett is also a speaker, uh, coach and mentor to fitness professionals and he also runs the first of its kind free podcast for fitness professionals uh, around the world uh, where he interviews the industry leading experts on all um, on all things and how to run a successful business and uh, I was fortunate enough to just do an interview with Brett last week uh, where he interviewed me. Uh, Brett on the side of uh, you know the business side of it, loves uh, riding his motorbike, um, and I definitely get to uh, to experience that with Brett. We go on many rides together, uh, hanging out with his friends and his pug, um, Pugsley, the, the cute and adorable little uh, pup that he's got there, um, and also likes cuddles in the winter time. So very soft and affectionate kind of guy as well, uh, especially on those cold nights. So without any uh, further ado, I'd like to welcome uh, Brett Campbell along to our interview today. Thank you very much, Jason. Thanks for having me, mate, um, and thanks for that wonderful bio there. Uh, you know, it's, it's quite funny, and I just want to clear something up now in case people out there are thinking, I, you know that, we, uh, that I like riding my motorbike because you get to, you know, come along on rides and where we go all around Australia, um, but when it comes to the cuddles in the winter, um, the only reason you know about that is because I told you, right? That's exactly how I know yeah, that, yeah. Cool. Just, we're all clear on that at the moment. <laughs> Clear that up. But if it came down to it, you know, and, and there was a bit of man love made up, I, I wouldn't, be, wouldn't be worried about giving you a cuddle. So. Yeah, I don't know about the man love, but maybe the man cuddle would be, be sufficient for me. Yeah, um, okay, maybe, maybe she'll wear it differently. <laughs> bromance, we'll call it bromance. Bromance, right, so, so bromance and, and man love to the side. Um, let's get into uh, really yeah, giving... Yeah, what are we here for? Yeah, well, I'm not sure now, but uh, again, let's, let's, give, let's give the listeners something that really, really is going to inspire them, help them, and uh, let's start by, I guess, just kicking off and giving the the people listening at home a bit of an introduction to Brett Campbell. And uh, one of the one of the things I like to uh, paint the picture for people in their minds is, uh, you know, I guess, how long have you been a personal trainer for, and I guess, why did you decide to start your own business in the first place? Sure. Um... I mean, I'll try and give you the quickest possible version because um, I guess it stems back, you know, many, many years ago um, when I guess I, I got booted out of high school, um, not because I was a bad student, but more, more so along the lines that I really just didn't listen. Um, what that was, now that I can look back at it, I go, well, look, that was just accumulation of ADD and my entrepreneurial uh, wisdom that I had. That's what I put it down to. Um, yeah. 
you know, I, I'd just, uh, it, I'd always be that person that, you know, wanted to do 10 things at once. Um, I, I could never sit still um, for long enough to, to concentrate on something. Um, but, you know, everything that I really put my hand to, you know, I always sort of, you know, seemed to get a really good start and a good grasp of. Um, but I had a, um, I guess if I use the word disorder, I had a disorder called following through disorder. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's, that's there, but I've just created one. Um, and they basically got kicked out of high school, asked to leave, and then became a cabinet maker. You know, I did the old thing that, that most parents say is get a trade behind your son because, you know, you never know down the track. You know, if you ever need a job, you can always fall back to it. Um, you know, and it, it's quite funny just thinking about that advice that I was given by my parents, you know, and, and I totally don't blame my parents at all because that was just the, the advice that they were given from their parents. Um, but for some reason, I took that upon myself and thought, you know what, that's, that is not the smartest advice I, I personally believe. But at that time, I didn't have any other thing to do. I didn't know what to do. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just go and be a cabinet maker. Mm. Um, so I became a cabinet maker. I, I did my trade, you know. And, and I guess if I look back and I'm, I'm big on looking at lessons out of everything and the biggest lesson I got from being a cabinet maker was sticking at it. Um, like, I, I don't know if, it's, if anyone's out there listening to this and they've actually been through a trade, and I know you have as well, Joe, you, you'd be able to relate to this, but, you know, there, there was probably 300 nights out of 300 and, you know, out of a year that um, I'd come home and I just, oh, I hate this job. Um, I just, I, this is just not me. I'm not built for this, but, you know, when you're an apprentice, you can get teased and, you you know, you get treated like the boy, I guess, and, you know, you get all the crap jobs. And, and my mind back then was like, geez, why, why should I be doing the crap jobs? I'm not the, the crappiest person around, you know. But mm. I didn't understand the philosophy of, you know, you got to walk before you run. Um, but, you know, fast forward four years, I finished, well, actually three years, I finished my trade early. Um, I basically went to, to the, the owners and, and I said, look, I'm, I'm going to leave, I'm going to finish because, you know, I was sick of getting paid. I was on about 12 bucks an hour um, building kitchens. Um, and, you know, the, the top tradesmen were on about 16, 17 bucks an hour at that time. And, and I was like, well, why can't I get that amount of money um, when I'm doing the exact same job, if not better than some of them? Um, so we had that communication. I think that was the first, um, I guess, lesson for me in asking for what you want. Um, I firmly believed that I was worth something greater, so I really took it upon myself to, to go after it. Um, and I guess you'd say that was my first ever reference of negotiation um, in the business world. Um, so I took that lesson upon, and then basically, you know, I, I started managing the, the factory. Um, so I was managing a team of there's about 15 guys in there. Um, and for me, it was, it was at that stage where, I wanted something bigger, I wanted something better. I knew that my skill set um, was better than managing a team of, of cabinet makers. Um, so, it, you know, it took me about a year and a half to finally pull the trigger um, after thinking about leaving. Um, and when I pulled the trigger, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to university, I'm going to study and become a personal trainer. Um, and, you know, I, I left a full-time um, job. You know, I was getting paid decent money at that time compared to New Zealand standards. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I just took the leap and became a trainer. I went to university for one year. Um, I personally believe that university was a waste of time. Uh, you know, there was more free time than there was actually work time. So coming from a, a background of working 50 hours a week to then turning up to uni for six, seven hours a week, um, just, you know, just wasn't really juicing my boat. So I, um, at the end of the first year of uni, I jumped on a plane, came over to my sisters in Australia, um, and funny enough, I, I got to stay with her for free uh, as long as I built their uh, their decking around their new swimming pool. So a bit of bit of bartering there. That was my, my first communication and bartering um, in contra deals. So I did that, and then I just searched over here, you know, about how to become a personal trainer. And, and I looked on the internet. I seen a course. I was like, you know what? That's correspondence. I can do that. Um, and because of the first year I spent at uni, it was it was all things that I'd already done. Um, so I became a personal trainer, and that was five years ago I, I embarked on that endeavour. Um, yeah, I, I told you it's quite a long story, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I, I embarked on that endeavour, um, and then basically, I, at that time, I'd had enough 
um, evidence to know that if you want to be good at something, you need to be around people who are good or who are displaying the qualities that you, you want to achieve yourself. Yeah. Um, and I actually received an, a letter in the mail. And it's quite funny because I was thinking about this the other day, like the evolution of our relationship. And it, it started from a, um, a sales copy written letter that got delivered to my mail, um, my, my home address at the time. So I must have opted in, um, I believe, to a name and email field. I got a letter in the mail. And it was of these two blokes running an event um, in Brisbane, which was only an hour away. So I was like, you know what? Hey, what have we got to lose? Um, there's some guy on there claiming that he charged 440 bucks an hour, and I thought, oh, here's a load of shit. I better get check him out. Um, so I went up to this event, and, and funny enough, I sat in the front row and started asking questions, and and um, just so happened that, that you were standing up the front as well answering the questions. So that, that's basically where it started. Um, and did you want me to continue on, mate? No, that's fine. And I've got something funny to share, though, because as you were talking, I accidentally, um, my phone fell over and it actually uh, hung up. So yeah, found that. I was um, I was pretty quickly trying to get back on, and I thought, he's still going, that's great. <laughs> yeah, well, funny enough, mate, I was the one that said the head of because I'm recording this, so I actually knew that you dropped out. But, yeah, yeah, it's great. But don't worry, I, I could talk another 12 hours about myself, you know, it's not hard. <laughs> well, it's good. I think it's good. You know, it's good to get um, people the background story on where someone started with, because uh, you know, from my experience, it's how people really relate, um, and there's some really key, uh, you know, um, parts to that. I guess, I guess, to lead on from that, um, was there a defining moment that made you realise that developing your business um, skills was essential? So you know, you've you've come through. You've you know, you realised that um, cabinet making wasn't going to be for you. And, embarked upon the PT, um, you know, side of it, uh, obviously did the technical part of it, like so many trainers do, get really good uh, or skilled to some degree and, um, you know, go out there and, you know, um, join a fitness first, uh, you know, pay your rent, go open a studio, whatever it is, only to be, I guess, hit with the reality that um, people don't necessarily just start knocking on your door because you're a trainer. So I guess my question, uh, just to recap, is um, was there a defining moment that made you realise that, you know, developing your business skills was essential over just so the technical side of it. And if so, what what was it, and what did you do about it? Sure. So, um, you know, again, I'm I'm massive on um, you know, are there certain moments that, that sort of change the way I look or think or feel about something? And and I've got really two key ones. And um, I know you asked for one, but I'm going to share two because I'm a bit of a rebel. Um, the the first key moment for me was. Um, Actually, I was, I was walking out of my, my garage one day and uh, I, sit, I was with a flatmate at that time and she was on her computer and, and um, she was looking, like scrolling through a um, what it was called. It was a PDF, so I didn't know what a PDF was back then either. I was just like, oh, what are you doing? And she goes, oh, I'm just reading this PDF. I'm like, oh, what's that? And I looked over because what caught my eye was I seen some photos of, of like someone doing a squat. I was like, okay, what, what's that person doing? And she told me that she just purchased an e-book um, and it cost her like $37. I was like, what? You just, you just purchased that on the computer, which is not real, right? It's just space. That, that looks like something. You just purchased that for $37 and now you're reading it. And I said, oh, where's, where's the person from? Thinking, you know, that it was someone down the road or a friend of theirs. And she goes, oh, the person's from Canada. I was like, that, that right there for me was a defining moment of, well, yeah, this this world, believe it or not, is, is bigger than your community, than your um, state, than your actual country. Like there, there's a whole lot of people out there that, that we can reach versus just our initial, um, you know, internal realm. And and I looked at that and I thought, you know what, I am going to sell those type of products, but better. Because I looked at it and I was like, this is pretty crap. It was just an exercise with some writing on it. I was like, wow, well, I can do that easily. Um, and that that was my big defining moment of what was open in the World Wide Web and what sort of just led me onto my internet marketing and marketing path. Um, but the second part that really, I guess, kick-started and made me decide that, you know, I want to build this multi-million dollar company was um, we were, my, my partner Emily, um, you know, she wanted to become a personal trainer. She hated her full-time job. She was working in retail and, you know, me being someone who always just wanted to try and solve a problem, I was like, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And then I basically just stopped and asked her, what do you want to do? And she goes, I'd like to be a trainer. I said, oh, okay, well, if you want to be a trainer, then you, you know, you're going to have to go find a course and, and learn. And she learned. And um, 
in that time, you know, there was a period where I was, I was, I guess my personal training business was put to the side. So I had my clients, I was getting my, my money each week. But my main goal and passion was to work on internet marketing and, and sell my first ever ebook. Um, and basically, Emily uh, got qualified, and then I was going to use uh, my skill set that I'd acquired over the time um, with marketing to be able to get her some clients. Um, what happened with that was, you know, was quite amazing because we filled Emily out with clients in the first couple of weeks. She was booked out. Um, and then something extremely amazing happened, which to me is to this day I've never seen anyone ever have results like this um, in the internet marketing world. And, and I actually know some really big hitters in the internet marketing world and some of the leading um, internet marketers. And it was, it was over a 24-hour period. I'd done something that no one had done before. And um, it, it was all to do with Facebook. Um, and basically we generated in a 24-hour period um, it was 12,564 new uh, leads come through our um, through our opt-in that we were, that we created. So to repeat that, that was 12,564 new leads um, in the 24-hour period. And to me, that was just you know what this thing's got legs. I'm going to now put my energy into creating a business because I didn't want to have a big company. I just wanted to create eBooks, sell eBooks, and then just live a nice, cool lifestyle. But um, myself being the, the entrepreneur and, and the, you know, the person, I, I found and I asked myself, I said, I would be doing a disservice to this country and the world if I did not create this company because there's so many people out there who, who can utilize our health. So mm. those are the two moments, mate. Yeah, and it's a good point. And like for people uh, listening at home, you know what you understand is it, it, Brett's a, a really big thinker. And um, the other thing I really uh, took away from that point there is when you same things like I tried something that no one had ever done before and the, the key components that I learned when I first started learning marketing was that, you know, if anything, be different, stand out, be courageous and, um, you know, you learn the actual psychology of marketing um, and sales but, you know, don't just follow the rest of the pack which is, you know, I guess is what you did, Brett. So, I mean, some takeaway points that I'd re, uh, rehash to people is that, uh, you know, you, you need to think big, you know, and Brett was exposed to the idea that it's, it's not just his circle of influence in his local area that, um, you know, even if you're starting to build a database up of a, a product or a service or, or some type of training method or something that you've got to offer that, you know, not just people that turn up to you and pay money for exchange for a session can benefit, but, you know, some kind of information product that worldwide. So you might not even have that at this point, but, uh, what you might want to start doing is looking at uh, building a, a large list in the database. So, mm. yeah, some very uh, key points from there, mate. Um, what 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 do you um what do you believe uh, was your biggest breakthrough in getting your business off the ground? So, um, I, I'm it's cool if you want to talk about your your PT business. Um, it's probably what more people are going to relate to here now, and I guess you can also then um you know transfer it on, onto uh, fit chicks. But firstly, with your with your own PT business, what was um, what was the biggest breakthrough in getting your business off the ground? I guess from you know when you first started to when it uh, was was really going going great guns for you. Sure. So I, I think if I look at it, you know, step out of the actual story and look at it from the outside, I see it broken up into you know two or three different categories because uh, there was there was the first category where I knew that um, you know. Because uh, I've played sport in my life, competitive sport, and I was like, you know, to be good, you got to have a good coach. Um, you know, so I guess it, it, it'd be go, you know, silly me to, to not say, you know, I, I attended one of you guys' events, and you know, look, I guess what I got from that day just, I guess, lit the fire underneath me. That that was the big key thing was attending an event and and actually knowing that um, it is possible. Because uh, you know, when, when you enter in an industry. You know, you, you can go into it with the unknown of, you know, what is actually achievable in this industry. Um, and I guess a big trigger for me was, you know, when I seen Brad, you know, great mate of mine, yours, your business partner, saying that he charges $440 at PT session. Like, that that actually stopped me in my tracks um, and was like, how can a guy be doing that? And, it's, and my mindset at that time was like, this is a lot of shit. He must be either like a ninja who can just melt fat off people like that, or he must do something differently. 
and I knew that there was no such thing as ninjas after watching the American Ninja movie with Michael Burkhoff. Go on, Oldie. Yeah, yeah, I was talking about someone, someone about that the other day. Um, but uh, <laughs> not here to talk movies. Uh, but I, I wanted to, to see what this was all about and, and um, you know, I liked you guys when I first met you and, you know, I made it a pact from then to, um, you know, to stick to you guys like glue. Um, and, you know, I've certainly done that. Um, even though, you know, sometimes you're trying to peel that glue off yourself, but, you know, I just jump back on, you know, and, and that, yeah, there's so many lessons you get, that I take out of that, and one of them, like, massively is perseverance, you know, just don't don't give up. Like, I remember um, our first ever meeting, you know, I sat in front of you and I said, oh, look, you know, I'm going to be a coach for you guys one day. And, you know, I, I even had in my mind, you know, and, and you, you, you touched before saying, you know, I'm a big thinker, like, I was already just thinking in my head, you know, how can I own this business? How can I be partners with you guys? You know, like, that, that's the type of mindset that I had, um, you know, but... The great thing about it was, mate, is that, that you were able to, you know, smack me down in my place almost and, um, you know, basically put some reality into my mind because um, I'd never really had that reality check um, when it came to my big thinking and I want to do this and I can do that because I've known for a long time that whatever I put my mind to, I will achieve um, mm. if I want to enough. Um, but what I was lacking was a lot of discipline um, and I'm sure you'd testify to that. Um, but... You know, that, that was one of the biggest things for me is, is being around people who are doing it and, and being able to advise me in the right way. Yeah. You know, so put, pointing me in the direction, if I come off the track a little bit, it's like, hey, dude, maybe you want to just get back on that. Because, um, you know, again, I, I, I put my hand up and I know that, you know, I'll, a lot of the times I can be all over the place. You know, sometimes that can be a, a great thing, but sometimes it can be very limiting to to the outcome I'm trying to achieve. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, there's always too much of one side, you know, that's never going to be a great thing. And, you know, like, to your credit, you're right, you know, um, you did what I probably pretty much did with my first mentor, and that was I I just travelled, I you know, uh, you know, went everywhere that he went to, to learn the mm. skill because there's nothing else like it. And, you know, the reality in this day and age, you don't always get that opportunity. So, you know, as you know, um yourself, Brad, and I, we were, whenever we were coaching or teaching, we'd, we'd use that expression that opportunities come and then they go and, mm. you know, it's a real shame if someone has that opportunity and they don't, um, you know, don't grab a hold of it. So, you know, that that was one of the really things I might about you. You, you. you did that, that pit bull approach that, you know, you were going to make it work and you were going to do whatever it took to, to get it. So, mm. no, I totally I agree. In, ter- in terms of a strictly business, um, in, in, strict, in terms of a strictly a business, because I'd say that's, that's on the, I guess, the emotional intelligence and, the, and almost the uh, personal development side of it to, to be able to recognise what you need to get and get around the right people. From a business perspective, what, what do you think was the, um, your biggest breakthrough in getting your business off the ground? What was the, you know, it doesn't have to be one, but what, what was the combination um, for you going, ah, that's been the missing component of my business that I didn't know, that I didn't even know I should have in, in place? What what, what what was that for you? I, I think, mate, that there, there becomes the synergy between, one, my own emotional intelligence because I was, I was um, everything I know, I know already, if that makes sense. But the, the problem is, is not knowing how to think about that. Um, and my biggest issue, you know, and, and if we go back to the emotional intelligence and, and my personal development was that's really the catalyst to, to what opened my eyes to what is achievable. So... If we go into it from a business perspective, what it enabled me to then do is to understand that I need to become an expert in an area. Um, I don't have to be the expert in everything. Okay, That's why you have great team members for and people who can do tasks for you. Um, but I knew that my expertise, and, and I'll use um, the term unique ability, um, which a you know, great entrepreneurial coach, Dan Sullivan, says, um, that everyone has a unique ability and, and I never knew what my unique ability was because I was, you know, w- without trying to sound like I'm blowing my trumpet, I was always good at a lot of things. So, um, but, but I was never, you know, like I, I never really fully excelled at, at the one thing because I was too busy trying to be good at everything. Yeah. Um, so for me, the biggest thing was, I believe, I, I fell in love with marketing um, I just love what marketing does, what it can do for anyone. Like, you know, if I knew fundamentals of marketing back in the 
back when I was in the dating game, you know, man, the of, <laughs> the of, honestly, the amount of people that you can talk to and, and you know, because you're marketing yourself to people, you're marketing your services, your products. Um, you know, I, I could have been, um, my, my teenage years would have been a, a lot different, but it's, it's probably a good thing that I didn't need it. But marketing to me was was the thing that um, is, is the catalyst of, of my business and all my success, I believe, because there's so many offshoots to marketing that, um, you know, because then you go to, well, systems. So for me, I, I, another unique ability of mine is I can see a big picture. Like I, I can see a massive project where a lot of entrepreneurs see these big projects but they don't know the incremental steps to get to it. Where I feel something that I've been blessed with is my natural ability is to be able to see a massive um, job or a task or product, but I'll know how to break down each little step systematically to get to that. So that, that's that's where I believe the biggest business shifts for me was was understanding marketing and, and systems. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And we, you know, that's It'd what be we. Rude not to because I'm the guest. Say again. It'd be rude for you to not agree because I'm the guest. Remember. Well, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just. And, you know, like, that's just how it works. I was like, yeah, bro, that's great, man. Fantastic info. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Superstar stuff. Um, <laughs> I guess, yeah, I, the reason I agree is because it's, you know, we say at our workshops that it's, um, you know, that you're not in a personal training business. You're in a, you're in a marketing and sales mm-hmm. business and, you know, you can be the best technically what you do, but um, if you're unable to promote yourself effectively and uh, get your message out there that you'll be the brokest, you'll the best kept secret. So you know, I, I agree that the, the two key things is marketing and sales that, you know, at the end of the day, you need to be, you know, really good at. So, um, mm. yeah, I couldn't agree more on that. Um, no, though, I mean, in, in your opinion, and I know this, these can be generalizations, but you've been around the game long enough to see, what, what do you think holds most trainers back from, you know, I guess, you know, um, getting their business off the ground. What 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 would you say it was? I know we, we covered your um, your elements of it, but in your experience, because you coach for us for a long time and you coach a lot of people, and you, you also you know presented to a lot of trainers. What, what what do you see out there that holds most trainers back? And then I guess once we get through that, we can talk about you know really what what they need to be looking at doing instead. Sure. Um... But I, I think, you know, like you said, after coaching hundreds of trainers and speaking to thousands of trainers as well, and and um, I personally believe, you know, we could talk about this topic, I think, for, for at least a week, um, and we'll, we'll use the headline as it's mindset, right? So it's the mindset of people. But underneath the mindset, if we want to subcategorize these things, I personally feel that the biggest thing holding trainers back is scarcity. Um, so... The scarcity mindset of going, oh, geez, there's already people out there doing it. You know, how how am I going to break into the market? Um, or also, I guess their self belief, like not believing that they can actually do it. Um, because I think a lot can come under both those categories. If we if we go back to that, the whole scarcity mindset of, oh, you know, um, especially in the gym scenario. So I, I when I first um, became a trainer, I worked in a big box gym and. Yeah, there was like 35 trainers and all I'd hear all day from trainers going, oh, I'm not getting enough leads. Um, you know, oh, I can't believe he gave three three leads out to that person and I've been here for a year and I, he didn't get me any. And, you know, it was just that. I, I personally told him that, you know, maybe you need to think about that a bit differently, you know, because at the end of the day, what are you doing yourself to get leads? So I'd be out there literally out on the gym floor talking to people, you know, doing what I was good at, you know, and um, it, I never had a scarcity mindset at all about, oh no, are they going to train with that person or me, because at the end of the day, mate, I believe there's enough fish in the ocean for everyone to have a good feed, you know, um, and if I can help you get a good fish that, so you can help, you know, feed your family, then, you know, for me, that, that's a win-win as well, so I believe the scarcity versus abundance attitude is, is the key. Hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I couldn't agree more. And you, you know, you know, in the head, like it's not just about the, you know, going and learning about more marketing and sales. That stuff definitely has to happen. But you're right. If the, if the mindset doesn't change, then you know, ultimately, um, you know, you'll have that bunch of information, and then you won't be able to put it into play if you don't have the right mindset. If you're thinking that's sure. the case, so you no, know, I, 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 
that's why yesterday or the other day when we done our podcast, right? So we did an interview together, and on that interview, we shared some really valuable information, and we're going to do that again today. We're going to I'm going to share exactly how you know, however I've achieved something. If you ask me a question, I'm not going to go, oh, Jace, look, um, I don't really want to let other trainers know that because they might go out there and steal clients. It's, you know, you, you just need to have that. Um, if, you, if you look at, you know, if you haven't read the book Influence from uh, Robert Cialdini, I highly recommend you do that um, because last night I actually watched the video of that and he talks about six laws of, um, of you know, human psychology and, and how to get people to say yes. And... One of those laws, his first law was reciprocation, so the law of reciprocity. You know, that, that whole thing of give first to give first to, to receive, you know. And um, I'm a massive, massive believer in that, you know. So w- whatever happens from any interview, podcast, any article I write out there, that, you know, someone's going to be there and they're going to go, you know what, that's amazing stuff, thank you so much, and they can implement it, you know. Because at the end of the day, we're all here for a reason. We're all here to, to do the best we can do. With the, with the information that we have, so I'm a massive believer in that. Well, that leads me on to then, uh, you know, we talk about sharing information and uh, I guess, you know, a success blueprint as I call it because, you know, like the thing that, you know, I really, you know, obviously well, we're in the coaching and mentoring uh, organisation and, you know, if you look at anybody who's successful, they, they all have mentors, you know, from top athletes, footy players, you know, Business people, they, they all have they all have someone for that reason, you know. You know, you have a coach. I Brad and I have a coach, and you know, I have a coach in a couple of different fields, uh, also not just um, business, but you know, a financial coach, and you know, someone who knows that a little bit more than me, or a lot more than me in some cases, and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I seek out these people, you know. I guess my question now is like, you know, can you can you tell us your secret to building to building a successful um, personal training business so maybe there's a few different key uh, components of that, that in your mind uh, if a trainer is sitting in front of you you're saying hey look you know at the end of the day if you want to be successful these are the must um, have secrets if you want to call them that um, to, to making sure your business is going to do as well as it possibly could sure mate um, you know I think with anything um, you know a blueprint is always something that, that you want to yeah, you know, you want to have. And um, I, I actually, um, I guess one of my first episodes I did with my podcast was talk about five keys to a successful fitness business. Um, now, we could sit here and we could talk about bloody probably 20, 30, 40, 100 different of these methods. But, um, you know, my five keys, um, first of all, is one is that you obviously need to begin with the end of mind, right? That's just That just goes without saying. So you need to know what you're actually doing. Um and in no particular order, another one is, is you need to build a raving community. So you need to, whatever your product or service be, you need to make sure that with that you're going to create a raving community. So if you want to create a product on how to um, feed your pet pug, now you need to create a raving community of people who love pugs. You know? So an example of that is, is if I see a um, photo on Facebook and I see a pug, I'm going to automatically gravitate to that because I've actually got a pug myself. You know, thanks to the Men in Black movie, because you know that these dogs are awesome to my to my eyes. Now, someone else may look at Pug and go, oh, "Geez, Pug, ugly dog," and you know, I have to agree with you. They are, but in the same token, it's you need to build a raving community of people, whatever that is. So, if you want to train old people, young people, you know, athletes, to the general public, um, you know, you need to really build that community, and you do that by using the term I like to use, education-based marketing. So you need to educate and motivate these prospects to want to engage in your products and services, whether it be immediately or six months, 12 months, 18 months down the track, you need to adapt that mindset. Um, now, secondly, I think you need to produce results. So you can go and create the best product or service out there in your eyes, but if it's not producing results, you're going to get found out and, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of that particular product or service just won't be, um, you know, won't be worth it, worth a cent to anyone. Um, I'm a massive believer, another key, so the third key is providing multiple services. Um, now, you could look at this as your product suite. So another um, famous entrepreneur coach, Brendan Bouchard, talks about creating a product suite. And if, we, if you just want to look at, like, I'll give you some examples of our product suite that we've created with an international. So, 
We've got Fit International as the, the head of the company. Out of that, we've got our Fit Transformations, which is our um, licensed program for personal trainers who want to run their very own Fit Chick um, location. Um, on that, we've also got Fit Kids, Fit Mums, so offshoots of that particular program. We've got our Fit Online, which is all online products. Um, so we've got um, nutrition products, we've got workout systems, we've got... Um, uh, what else? We've got recipes and, and a whole heap of just products there that people can purchase online. So they may not be in our community, but anywhere around the world people can purchase them. Um, we've got fit supplements, so you can purchase supplements. Um, we've got apps, so fit apps, which is a iTunes and Android app. Um, you know, we've got the fit foundation that we're currently creating, which is really exciting for me. So, you know, we want to be able to, as, as our company grows, we want to be able to give back to the community and charities as well. So, you know, we've got a fit retreat, so we're running a fit check retreat and, and actually four days we're actually heading over to Bali and we're taking 30 girls with us on a, on a retreat. So that's the product suite. So we've got multiple different products and services that we can offer to the clients that we currently have. You know, and, and if you're listening there going, well, geez, I can't run retreats, I can't do this, I can't do that yet. Look, I totally understand. Just start with something simple such as you're doing one-on-one training. Maybe have a group training option. Have an option liaise with a massage therapist where if they want to get a massage, they can go through you. You know, liaise with a supplement company if you can and get some supplements to your client. Um, you know, there's a heap of different ways that you can build this on a smaller scale as well. Um, then the next one I have is, is being genuine. You know, at the end of the day, the key component, one of the key components um, is to be genuine. Um, you need to look at it as though it's not all about the money. Um, but you also need to have a reality check and realize that money does make the world go round. And for me, in order for me to achieve my life purpose of actually helping millions of people, I need a lot of money to do that. Um, however, in the same token, you need to be genuine. And pe- people will know if you're not genuine and, and, you know, they'll be able to get that vibe from you that, you know, you're just in it for a quick buck and, you know. But you need to be totally genuine about that. Um, and, of course, having a real purpose. So mm. I'm, a, I'm a massive believer in you need to have a real purpose. And, and um, what I talk about in, in that aspect is, you know, I've created the Fit Foundation. So my purpose is, for me, when this company is, is running to its, um, you know, where I'd like it to be, I see 80% of my week spent working in the Fit Foundation, going around the places and being a part of something that is just bigger than me. Um, so that's something that I, I'm really, really passionate about. Um, and I, I can't wait to be able to do that. That, that, that really gets me excited. Um, and again, you know, we need to just have a reality check on that, going, well, in order for me to be able to do that and have the foundation, you know, the company needs to be making money, or, you know, or else I, I'm not going to be able to go and do and give things that I want to give. Um, and uh, finally, mate, um, Actually, that was, that's five. So those are the five key components, I believe, you know. So um, what are your thoughts on any of those, mate? What stuck out for you, bud? <laughs> oh, I, you, know, you know, really, at the end of the day, uh, the best part is that you're, you're, you've really expressed what made you successful, what made your business successful. And, you know, for me... I, you know, I couldn't agree uh, once again more with those things. And the thing, the thing that stands out for me is that, that out of everything you said, was to have a real purpose and passion. Um, what I personally found over the years that uh, when it was just about the money, when I was, uh, I guess, my early twenties, and you know, I was thinking, oh, I just want to earn more, more, more money. You know, it really didn't get me out of bed at 4 a.m. or it didn't really drive me. You know, it's not a clear direction about why you're doing everything and. Um, for some people, maybe money alone will do it, but you know, I can I can pretty much assess that after many years of being in it and seeing a lot of people, it, it will run its course if it's just about the money. Um, so, you know, the thing that stood out for me and what you said was having a really clear purpose of why you do it. Like, you know, in our business, we're very clear. You know, we had a target of educating, you know, um, by the fifth year in, uh, for four thousand trainers. It was just a goal we set. You know, if it was more or less. Uh, great, but we, you know, um, we want to provide as many education uh, bits of material that we could, not just in Australia but around the world. And uh, so, for me, it's that's exactly it. Having a, a a purpose, have a very clear vision for what your business um, the end goal is, so that you can work back and 
you know, every year that you do have some structure so you know that okay every month this is this is our target this is what we're trying to achieve this is what we want to head towards and uh you know you can break that down to daily tasks and and you know in our workshops the biggest thing we hear is uh i need help with time management and you know when we look at it um what what resolves time management is uh having a very clear purpose as you said and uh, the people i ask well what's your end goal for your business really the next question is they don't know because if you did know what it was you wanted to achieve, then it's you know it's not it's not about being better time management. It's it's, it's about really going and getting stuck into the activities that excite you to uh, fulfil your end goal. So you know procrastination only comes in when you don't really have a clear purpose and you know desire and drive to, to hit your end goal. So I think just on that as well, mate, just to, to hammer home that point of purpose, um, you know, and it really only dawned upon me. Um, probably a couple of weeks ago, I had this realization since I started, you know, the podcast and doing interviews. And you know, like the other day when we were chatting, you know, on all things business and and how to have a successful business and stuff. What what really dawned on me was I asked myself the question, you know, um, and I asked myself regularly, like, am I enjoying my role currently in in the business that I'm in, um, and what do I enjoy the most about the role? And you know, what stuck out for me was I actually. Enjoy. I'm enjoying right now at this moment in, in business and time. I enjoy sitting here talking to you on the phone right now. Where I'm, not, this is not a. Um, we're not getting paid for this. We're, we're just simply sitting here talking about business and you know on, on how we can help other people. And, and to me, that that's worth you know its weight in gold. You know, so it, it, it always does. You know, and, and it. it, it um, I guess it, it triggers me sometimes in the regard that. Yes, we're, we're, we are on a constant search to generate more income for the company, but it's that thing of it's just a vehicle to be able to help you do what you want. So if, if we weren't making any money, I would not be able to sit here and talk to you on the phone and do something that I really, really, really enjoy. So, um, <laughs> no, you'd be too busy out there trying to do it. You'd be out there exchanging time right. for money. That's exactly right. I'd be training clients again, trying to get paid for, for my services. Um, but so yeah, it's just I think it is a really valuable couple of points in that for people listening is is that um, you know check in with yourself and ask yourself are you actually enjoying what you're doing and if you don't get out of there stop stop putting yourself under all that pressure when you know you, you can go and find something that you enjoy you know yeah I think you know I think from my own personal experience and you know once again having um, the, having the opportunity to, to work with thousands of trainers. Um, you know, I think a lot of people like the idea of, you know, earning passive income. Uh, you know, I think they like the idea of working less. And But then there's that middle part, you know, the, the part in between of going, you know, can I really do this? Have I got a track record of not doing what I said I would do? I don't know even how to do it. It's all a bit scary. You know, so they get they get stuck in that um, the, the rat race or the, the treadmill where, you know, it's not really ultimately what I want to do, but... I'm not sure what else I would do. I'm not sure if I'd better make it. So, you know, what I'll do is just do more of the same. And, uh, I, you know, I guess uh, my question to you is from you, uh, from, we've all been through that process, you know, the process of going from a single self-employed person bringing in 100% of the income to then going, what you're saying now is, uh, which I personally love as well, is I can be sitting here doing this. My businesses run themselves. I'm not required to be... Um, you know, actively in it, doing all the delivery of the work, uh, although I have a, a part to play in it, uh, I can go on holidays and you can go on holidays and, you know, the business is not going to stop. So that's to paint the picture of the excitement of what's on the other end. But how did you get through that middle bit? How did you go from going, well, you know, um, and maybe you're not the best person to ask because you're that person who thinks big and just has that drive and motivation to go through but let's let's run with it anyway what was what was that middle experience like for you from going single employee to where you are now to you know you don't do any pt of course you haven't for a long time and you've got this massive um, multi-million organization called fit chicks what was the process what was some of the, the main pivotal steps in between well mate I, I think again like there's that that part of me that just wants to say oh just do it you know just do it take a leap jump but, you know, we've got to be realistic about this. And, and you know, yeah, I'm a guy who thinks big. Um, but, you know, I, I, like everyone, 
you know, I've, I've had struggles with, oh, gee, should I do that? Should I do this? And, you know, I think, mate, it, it really comes back to, um, you know, looking at weighing up a situation. And, and one of those things is going, well, look, what is the worst-case scenario if I was to take this next step? So if I looked at it and go, well, you know, what was the worst-case scenario of me um, not... Um, wanting to get more clients when I discovered internet marketing. So I was like, well, the, the worst case scenario is all my clients drop off and I have no money. But then I asked myself, well, do I have the skill set to be able to go get that back again? I said, yes. So I was like, okay, well, that's no worries. Then I went on the flip side and I go, well, what is the best case scenario if I concentrate and spend that ex, you know, heap of my time? And, and I literally spent over 600 hours sitting learning internet marketing, looking at websites, etc doing all the technical stuff, which, you know, I'd highly not recommend anyone do. But I, I just said, well, what's the best case? And I said, well, you know what the best case is? Is that I get to live the dream. I get to make money while everyone else sleeps. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'd way rather have that than, um, you know, not have clients and, and have to go back to, um, you know, getting new clients on the gym floor or something. So to me it was... I just weighed up my pros and cons and, and looked at worst case and best case and I just loved the best case so much more that it was worth having a shot. Um, so that, that's probably one way that I really looked at it and, and I guess if, if we looked at it from more of a technical point and, and you know, let's say you're already in business and you're doing, doing okay and you, you're at the, the amount of clients that you want and you're like, well, I don't even know how to take that next step. You know, it's, look, at a, look at what a return on investment is. So... For example, we've got sales sales team now who, who work for us and they're responsible for, um, you know, liaising with personal trainers who are looking to take on a particular location. So I looked at them and I go, what is the worst case scenario of bringing this person on? Because at the end of the day, I need to look at it and go, well, if I bring someone on, I have to pay them a wage. So there's an expense there. And then I was like, well, can we afford that expense? You know, where's that money going to come from? But I look at a lot of this, mate, and, and I think this is a really powerful thing for people to look at. And it, am I willing to give this person, like, I, I look and go, how long do you think it would take to train this person up and, until you feel that they should be good at their job and then you're re- getting a return on investment? So I looked and I said, you know what, I'll be happy to pay someone for a month. So if someone wants to work for a month full-time doing our sales role that we currently have, um, and if they were to produce, worst case scenario, produce no results and we had to just pay them, then all that means is we'd be our X amount of followers because we just have to pay them and, and my time and energy putting it into it. But then I looked, thought, well, what is the best case scenario of this? Well, the best case is this person turns into a gun and just is a sales machine and brings on you know, dozens of licenses and new trainers every month. Those were the two best scenarios. And, and I went back to the, you know, we did the max on that. Would I way rather lose, um, you know, a, a fair bit of money um, investing into someone's time um, or would I way rather have hundreds of new licenses come on board? And it, it was just such an easy decision. So yeah. you, just need, you just need to weigh up what's your worst case and, and what are you willing to do. So, you know, I'll give you one more example of that, which I think is imperative for personal trainers, is, is investing into your marketing and looking at what your marketing dollars go to. Um, you know, so for myself, I've spent, you know, probably more money on marketing um, in, the, in the last, you know, 12 months than the average person would earn in five to six years. Um, now, a lot of people go, well, why are you spending that much? And I go, well, I know what my return on investment is. I know what for every dollar I spend I can get back. And I know for every hour I invest my time in something, I know what I can get back. So, you know, you just got to know your math. And for me, maths at school, the algebra, all that stuff, I finally realised what why math was important because when you want to count your dollars, <laughs> you need to be able to count. Yeah, I failed math terribly at school, but I definitely love it now from exactly what you just said then. Yeah, like I mean, an example, and this this is something that you know just just totally does does my head in because I've got um, you know multiple websites and we are really big on, and this is something, you know, I definitely took away a great lesson from myself and Brad, is, is the whole thing on testing and measuring. Um, you know, I was always good at implementing stuff, but I never really tested it and measured and, and got a result. Um, so I've got a squeeze page, and I was like, well, I'm going to actually do a um, little split test on that. So I've got two squeeze pages, 
offering the exact same result. The only thing different was the image. Um, so what I did was we put them up for testing it for three days, and I found out that one page was outconverting the other page by 6%. That 6% meant an extra, it worked out about 230 leads a week, you know, difference in between the two pages. Now, I know what each lead's worth to us, and I know that 230 of that times that money, you know, ends up being quite a lot of income. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing about that, mate, I would never have known that if I didn't test it or, or just have a crack at it. You know, because I'm sitting there going, well, I actually don't even know about split testing. I don't know, well, how, how would you start a split test? You know, like, but I knew what it was, but I, I'd never really implemented it properly in, in, until this stage. So that, that's something really valuable as well. You know, test what you're doing and, and see what works and doesn't work, and you know where to spend your money. You know, it's, it's the same thing with, with hiring someone. If you've got someone who works for you, test them, set their KPIs, make sure they're doing their job. If they don't, you know, find someone else, compare, and see if, you know, who's the best. Yeah, and... Look, I think what's, uh, you know, something that's really important that popped up to me when you were speaking about testing and measuring and, you know, I guess from where you were to where you start, where you are now, um, you know, with the success you've had is it's important for people to understand as well that, uh, you know, I can, I can remember Brett for a good, you know, it was definitely close to two, two odd years, um, you know, you just, back to that persistence, you, you know, you, you, you learned, you went over to the States, you were, you flew yourself to Las Vegas, you're in our program, but, you know, you, you you didn't stop there. You went over and invested uh, more of you know, your you know your hard-earned money to get over and get around experts in the stuff you were just talking about there, the online stuff. You know, to come back mm. and persist and persist. And I've seen uh, many people over the years um, get the same information that you did. And then you know, I guess you've got to look at that um, for those who've uh, you know read the book uh, Think and Grow Rich. He talks about stopping from you know, stopping three feet from the gold. So you dig and dig and dig and dig and go, oh, I've had enough of this, this is too hard, this is this is rubbish, it's not going to work, and then they stop. And, you know, you persisted. And, yeah, you know, I think that's the message I want to get to the listeners is that, you know, we've got to make sure that we understand that, you know, it doesn't, it didn't just happen overnight for me, it didn't happen overnight for you, Brett. You know, it's that whole, you know, over, it took five years to be an overnight success. And um, yeah. But what I really want people to understand is that regardless if you build a massive business or, you know, in between business or whatever, always always just think about your lifestyle and what um, people like Brett, myself and Brad and other successful people are, they design their lifestyle first and what they want to do, you know, do I want to go away on holidays for six weeks of the year, you know, how do I want to get back to society, you know, uh, what do I want to retire on, you know, um, what kind of cars I want to drive and, you know, how much will I donate back to charity and stuff like that and, and the clearer you are on that, the business will then develop behind that and not the other way around. So, you know, I think it's really important for people to know at home that, you know, get that part clear and the rest will fall into place. And and plus to really emphasise, you know, I personally have witnessed Brett try, 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 try again to nail it. And I tell you what, when you get that one that works, you know, um, you, you know, if you saw the inside of Brett's business and what it turns over, what it does, and not only the money, but how many other people it's helping now and how many people you've had a big impact on around the world, not just here, you know, a lot of the greed buttons can go off, but it's that classic thing again, you know. Um, people say someone like Michael Jordan was a freak, but they didn't see the extra five hours of training that he did when everyone else from the team had left. So that's the part I really want to put across. If you really want it bad enough, um, you know, you've got to persist. I guess, mate, just on that, like I 100% agree with everything you said there because persistence is the key and what people don't see is, is what goes in, right? So a quick story on that, which I think will relate, is um, when, when I first started internet marketing, you know, I, was, I created my first product and, you know, I was like, yeah, this is going to go great. I'm going to make thousands and thousands of dollars just like the guys that I follow do and, you know, it's going to be awesome. It'll, it'll just create my lifestyle. The, the first information product I created, I, I did what you would call a product launch. It wasn't that good, of course, because I didn't really follow too much of the method because I didn't really know it, but I had a crack, right? Got my first product out. Um, I did all the back end, set up myself, but literally hundreds of hours of time spent on this, you know, hoping for that big payday I'm going to get paid. And um, I did the launch. The, the, first, the first person who ever bought my information product was my mum, you know, uh, which... For me, that, my first information product 
I was I was under the feeling that you know what I can't wait for that first sale because it's just gonna it's just gonna be the, the first of many, and mm. I actually felt quite saddened by it because I was like, oh shit, now I've got to pay my mum back the money. Like I don't want her buying my stuff. I'll give it to her for free, you know. Um, and and that little product launch, I sold about you know twenty units or something like that. Nothing, you know, nothing at, at all glamorous. You know, twenty units. I think I only sold it for nineteen dollars too. Um, and that was my first ever product launch. Now, most people would stop at that and go, oh, this marketing doesn't work, it's crap. You know, but I persevered, I persevered and persevered, you know, and then our second product launch, we did about 600 sales, and then on our um, third product launch, we did over 1,000 sales, you know, and, and this is in like a three-day format, so over the three days, we sold over 1,000 units. Now, yeah, people look at that and go, oh, man, what, you know, you had overnight success, and I go, yeah, I had a, my overnight success took me two years hard work and, and hours and hours of sitting there learning stuff. That's that's what it took, mate. And you know, and I guess it's, it's really for me. It's it's really um, I'm real proud to be able to talk about that because you always hear these stories of oh yeah, this person's doing well, they're killing it, they've done great, you know. But there's always a backstory to something, and you know, it's, it's um, it's, I think it's really important for people to be able to relate to that. That you know, I'm not anyone special, right? Um, yeah, although I like to think I'm a special type of person, but it, there's not too much difference between me and, and everyone else. Maybe I think a little bit differently, but you know, to, to create an information product, to create a community, anyone can do that. You just got to want to do it. That's it. You just got to want to. Yeah, and I think you know, in terms of um, the, the whole uh, being not being special, it's um, yeah, it's a good point. You know, two arms, two legs. You know, the same as everybody else. Um, and the stuff that uh, the thing that's really important is, you know, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, but that's so-and-so and they've got the look or, you know, they come from this background or they've come from this background and, you know, got to be very careful, I guess, of not limiting ourselves and, you know, making excuses or, or you know, putting those limitations on us. So it's really powerful what you said there. It's exactly right. Everything that, that you've learnt, it can be can be learned by others. Everything that I've learned can be learned by others if you're open and you have enough desire. Yeah. Um, mate, I guess uh, I want to start to um, to wrap up. Um, but I've got a few. Yeah, you, you, you did a really cool thing with me last week, and um, <laughs> uh, but I've just got a few a few questions. I, I guess a bit of fun, a bit of lightheartedness before we. Um, I, I do want to finish with um, I guess a, a snapshot of your current business though, and what Fit Chicks is doing, and you know if anybody was interested to to find out more about it, where they can where they can go and explore that kind of stuff. Um, but I guess firstly, uh, mate, the first one is, um, and, and I, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody listening to this, uh, um, it, it is purely just fun, so I'll pre-set that up, but um, you're straight, we know you're straight, you've got a beautiful um, partner in Emily, but I want to know, who would you turn gay for? Oh, that, that's an easy one, mate. Um, definitely has to be Ricky Martin, like that, that dude. Um, I think it was quite funny, um, we were watching The Voice just recently, and Emily and I just kept looking at each other going, man, does this dude do anything wrong with like, he, he speaks in a seductive way. He, he's a great-looking bloke. Um, you know, it's, uh, it definitely has to be Ricky. No, I sound like I'm in love with him. <laughs> well, what, what got me was uh, how easy it came out. You said, oh, that's easy. It's like I'm thinking yeah, he, thought, he thought about this before. Yeah, I constantly think about it. So, you know, I guess it's quite easy to roll off. Well, now that, um, now that we're all comfortable with our own sexuality, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next one is, mate, what, what's... concert too, mate, as well. Say again? I'm thinking about going to a concert. Do you want to go? Mate, I like it. Mate, mate I, I would be happy to go. Okay, cool. Um, what's, what was your, what's been your most embarrassing moment? I know you probably had a million, but what, do you, what, what jumps out when I first say is, is your most embarrassing moment and why? Well, that's a good one, mate, because it, it takes a lot for me to get embarrassed because, you know, if you know me well enough, I'm, I'm pretty much black and white. But um, my most embarrassing moment, can you break it down into a context? Because like you said, there's, there's probably many things I could say, but... Well, I guess, you know, like, um, if I think about it, like, uh, you know, I could be in a, some, a conversation with someone I've just met and, you know, I've said something that was, you know, <laughs> silly or stupid in my view and, you know, it's, I've said something that, you know, could, could have been a bit embarrassing, but like, you know, oh, oh congratulations, well, that, oh, you know, were well, you pregnant? Well, no, I'm not. Um, oh, okay, yeah, well, I probably haven't said that because I'll probably have a few black eyes, but I, something that pops up for me quite embarrassing was... Um, <laughs> I'll give a, bit, a little bit of a backstory. I used to, um, I only ever used to drive um, manual cars. 
moved to Australia, bought an automatic. Um, and because I always heard, you know, automatics break down and this sort of type of thing. So I, um, I parked at Movie World um, in the Gold Coast. I went to, um, I can't remember what I, um, I didn't go to Movie World, but actually I went to a casting audition um, at Movie World and, and I got back to my car and I went to start and it wouldn't work. I was like, oh, Jesus, this is not good. Um, so I rang up RACQ, rang them up, got the dude out. <laughs> the car was in fucking reverse. Like, I, I didn't have the car um, in park, so it wouldn't start. So that's, that'd be quite embarrassing, I guess. <laughs> just, just remember. <laughs> I, I had a classic one. I've got plenty more, but when you said that, I just remember um, being up the coast once and I was at the Hogs Breath up, the, up there and um, I just bought these new Sunnies and I'd had a shocking track record with losing them and breaking them and um, I got the car and I've gone, shit, my Sunnies, and I've raced back um, to the restaurant thing and I left them on the table and um, I said to the chick, uh, oh, I just want to check to see if my glasses are there and, uh, you know, the poor thing, she was, um, you know, kind of subtly looked on top of my head and I discovered that my glasses were sitting there. Um, mm. So that was that was one of those moments too, mate. Um, uh, if you had the opportunity to just to, to meet one person, you know, it doesn't have, I mean, famous, whatever, if you had that um, opportunity, but there was just one that you had to pick, uh, who would it be and uh, why would that person be important for you to meet? It would probably be um, doing Ricky Martin a disservice, but I won't meet him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say, mate, because um, yeah, it's quite funny, I talked about that the other day with, with another mate and going, you know, who would you have around for dinner if you had five people? And it's a really, really hard question to ask, but I think what pops up to me the most right now um, would be Steve Jobs for the reason being, um, you know, I've heard a bit of his backstory, I know a bit of his backstory, um, and, you know, I think that dude would just be amazing to be able to just get in the head of and... and um, you know, I mean, he envisioned the iPhone back in the 80s, you know, when no one thought it was ever possible. So that type of visionary thinking is, is where I'm top of that. You know, like, I like to always think, you know, what's the impossible but really possible. So probably speak jobs, mate. Yeah, and um, what's what's a, a bad habit that you have that, you know, you, know, you might necessarily not even want to break, but you you just probably deem to be a bad habit? Yeah, so um, I've probably got a few bad habits. Um, <laughs> My wife points those out to me. Yeah, yeah. So, so does Emily. She's really good at that. Um, I think probably one of my worst bad habits would be um, cleaning up like 99%. So what I mean by that is like I'll do the dishes, I'll clean up stuff, but for some reason I'll leave a pot or I'll leave a, a glass or the chopping board there. And, and I even say this, I go, why, why do I do that? Why don't I just go and complete it and finish it. So that's, that's probably a bad habit. There'll be, there'll be a bunch of people pissing themselves laughing because I've got that trait. I get that ability to. It is, it is a certain personality, to some degree that you know you go. You know you kind of. I have to go, mate. You've come this far. You might as well just knock the rest on the head. It's a bit like, oh, well, that's it for me. I've done my part. You know, I've <laughs> but leave two or three dishes there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Last night I, I left the, the the last piece of steak in the fry pan while I cleaned up everything. I left the fry pan there and I was like, wait on a minute, Brett. So I actually went back to do it because I caught myself out. So. I guess it's a habit that I'm looking to break, so yeah. I'm not crazy, I promise. <laughs> uh, okay, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. It's uh, always good to get a bit of an insight and uh, some other, other perspectives. Um, uh, just yeah. just to finish up, mate, uh, it, uh, it, you know, you've got fit chicks in the Nationals going gangbusters, you know. Um, if, uh, you know, people listen and haven't heard of it, um, you know, I'd be very surprised and uh, it, if not, when they go and check it out, they'll be, um, I think they'll be very amazed. And, you know, one of the things that you and I have been speaking about is uh, there's definitely a lot of great models out there and some people might might not um, be totally clear on a model they could use. And, you know, we, obviously we're big advocates of the coaching and, you know, mentoring and business opportunities. So for people that want to go and find out a little bit more about Fit Chicks and, you know, what it's all about and, you know, I guess, you know, who, a bit more about yourself and Brett Campbell and your vision and passion behind it, where, where can people go, mate? Sure, so um, I guess probably the easiest place would be to go to um, fitinternational.com.au and that's fit spelt with two I's, so F-I-I-T, um, so fitinternational.com.au. Yeah. From there, you know, or that they can see, see well, I guess, the process of, of what we've got, um, even from a learning perspective, even if you're not interested in looking at, you know, anything we have, just have a look at how I do it, you know, it's the way you learn. Um, and on the website, you can click on a tab that says podcast. And, you know, I'd, I'd really suggest you get on 
um, register for the podcast and um, listen to, you know, last week I interviewed Jason and I also interviewed um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, head fitness advisor. So, you know, we have great people. Awesome. Here, um, and we've got some awesome information to share. And definitely go and check out episode number six, is the one with myself and Jason, which um, I believe is, extreme, you know, it's, it's probably the most valuable one we've done today. Mate. So, yeah, awesome. It was a heap, heap of fun. I agree. It was just one of those, you know, rare, I don't have a rare moments, but it was definitely, you know, you and I were talking about it yesterday, going, you know, you do some interviews and you, and after doing it for a long, long time, as we have, you, you, we really identify going, that is, you know, if there's, if there's anyone that you're going to advise people to go and listen to over anything else, it's definitely that one. So I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, although it sounds like we're really pumping our tyres up, but, um, hey, you know, we know <laughs> a thing or two, so why not? You know, why not? Uh, mate, been great to have a have you on um, interview today. Like for those who are listening, you know, if you're not, if you, you know, you're thinking, oh, I don't have these people in my life yet. I, I don't have, you know, mentors or, you, you know, people to be able to connect with that uh, want to go where I am. Well, you know, my message is that you've you've, you've now uh, around at least two of them, and uh, not just two. You know, Brett's company, our company, we we work closely hand in hand, and you know, we've got a very much a you know a great relationship. And our main aim is is the same, which is why we connect so well and are such great friends. And that is to 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 want to pass on what's been such a great blessing for us. And you know, for those who are motivated and driven and want more from their life, and uh, I couldn't recommend you know getting yourself around uh, more of what we have to offer on a regular basis. So that would be my parting words. And uh, you know, like I said once again, it's it's both our missions to make difference out there. You know, because industry uh, and business has rewarded us so handsomely, and yeah. you know, nothing like uh, passing that on to to other people and and seeing not only the, the income they could make, but just the, the difference quality of lifestyle and providing employment for others. It, it really is, you know, uh, a really great reward in the end. Look, mate. I, I again, I just want to hammer that point home to people listening to this. You know, whether you you found out about this interview by myself or Jason or someone else. Look, I'd highly recommend, and I can't recommend enough, getting along to the two-day events that you guys run where, you know, you educate and motivate trainers on systems and proceed, you know, how, how to run a successful fitness business. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, I'm arming an hour and about getting along and you're going, well, I don't want to have to pay the, you know, 200 or $400, whatever the ticket costs now to go there, you know, it's... Take that money aside. It's going to be the best investment you've ever made. Whether you do anything with it or not, just getting along to these events it would just make such a massive difference in your business. So I highly recommend. And hey, you know, if you're listening to this, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I like this type of stuff. Is I reckon if you uh, email Jason privately <laughs> and um, and let him know that you listen to this uh, podcast, I'm sure he'll give you a free ticket. So uh, I'll leave you with the rest of that, Jason, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll follow through on our deal. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see how we go, eh? Maybe we'll just limit that to the first five people that listen to it and email me. Yeah, that's probably a good idea, actually. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but, God, the, the first five people who contact Jason, um, he'll, he'll reward you. But you, uh, you know what? Uh, Brad and I, Brett, we're the same. If, you know, if you really, really you know, want it and you want to negotiate and you really want to, you know, sell me on the idea of giving you a free ticket to come along, that's my uh, challenge to you. Don't just say, hey, it's me and I've I heard the podcast, I want a free ticket because um, <laughs> you probably won't get a response from me at all. But if you're going to respond, make sure you put everything into it as why that would be so important for you to do and why we should be giving you that ticket uh, over someone else having to pay for it. So that would be my <laughs> feedback on that. Beautiful, mate. All right, bro, I'm going to get off this call before you cost me any more money, mate. All right. I'll go and, um, what am I going to do now? Actually, I've got a massage booked in just to let you know, so I'm Good. looking forward to that. Yeah, great. I'm getting a haircut, so uh, now everyone knows what we're doing now. We can yeah. um, we can let them get on with the That's rest of their day. Fun. All right, bye. Good on you, mate. Later, Thanks, Brett. Bye. Yeah.